What is your final consensus on this? Because everyone knows, obviously, with me, like I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the Anthony Poindexter train, uh, and there may be some personal bias in there, but I really don't give a. Fuck. Um, I love the guy, and I hope he gets. I, I hope he does a good job. I'm right behind you with Coach uh, Poindexter. I don't personally know him like you do, but my interaction with him, with him, last few years have been great. You know, kids seem to love him, and like we said, he's a bona fide like baller or was baller. a bona fide baller. Like at any kid coming in, safety or not, it's like how how could I not take heat from this guy? You know, he's been there and he's done that at the highest level. So, uh, and also a great personality. That's a big deal. And I know for a fact he instills that confidence that we always talk about. I see the way the safeties play now. I mean, it's that confidence. So I'm actually fully behind that. We got the bowl game merch for you guys. Hoodies, tees, long sleeves, whatever you feel like wearing. We got it for the 2023 Peach Bowl. Check out the We Are Feeling Peachy gear in the link below. Have fun in Atlanta and looking forward to it. We are. We're back again. This is The Pocket. We appreciate you guys listening in with us, especially uh, during these tough times, because that's what they are. Um, tough times Bro. not having <laughs> consistent football. Um but I will tell you what, dude, I love I, and, you know, you asked the question earlier in the year about, you know, what what's the one rivalry game you'd kill to play in? And the Army-Navy game this weekend saved it for me. I love that game. It's the you know, all these people are hammering me for, oh, you know, Michigan, Ohio State's the best rivalry. Da, da, da. Army-Navy gets its own weekend. No other rivalry gets its own weekend. Army Navy gets its own weekend, the pageantry, everything involved. It's just the best, dude. And no one's gonna change my mind. So at least I had that, dude. That was that was my saving grace this weekend. I saw, I saw you were hype tuned in. Hayes was all fired up. Right, we gotta get you down there. We gotta get you suited and booted. I know you just got elevated. Shout out to Mercury and you moving on up. Yeah. Gotta get you on the get some content you know dude i don't even want to get content so so the reason i I, one of the main reasons i love that game my dad's brother my uncle jd played at west point uh he never lost it i think maybe he lost one year but he was three for four or he was undefeated against navy so um and my actually my cousin played quarterback up there as well so i got some ties at west point um but my dad's been to three my dad Mm. three of them so my dad's like dude like You know, my dad followed us around. You know, our pops are all – they're all talk. They're, you know, here, there, all around. My dad's like, dude, nothing compares to that game. He goes, nothing compares. He's like, the whiteout's fantastic. You know, you can't can't touch some stuff. He goes, it's just – he goes, it's just so different. Um, We've been been grinding on my Uncle J.D. hard uh, to kind of – Like at the end. We're we're trying to tee it up maybe next year or the year after. I want to make sure – I want to make sure my son can actually – like right, kind right. Of a, enjoy it, you know. Um, so, or at least maybe not, you know, maybe not enjoy it, or whatever. But just remember, no, like I want he knows what's going. You know, yeah. Um, I think they're in DC next year too. So, okay. be a little bit. Yeah, that'd be cool one to uh, enjoy. Enjoy for sure. Yeah, we got three generations of Hackenbergs. That'd be a be cool sight to see for sure. Yeah, no, it'd be it'd be sweet, dude. So, um, that was my saving grace this weekend, and then. 
you know, we got we got some games coming up this weekend too. So the lull the lull is slowly starting to starting to simmer out, and we're going to pick things back up here. But um, you know, with with all that, I feel like this is also the time of year where you start seeing you start seeing all these things happen. It's not necessarily the football, but it's all the back backdoor stuff. You know, you have all these coaches openings. You see Fran Brown get the job at at Syracuse. He pulls he pulls our guy Big E up there as the DC. Um, you know, they're snagging recruits. They're going, they're hitting things hard. The portal's on fire right now. So there's, there is a lot to talk about, but it's not, it's not as, it's not the stuff we here at the pocket have typically talked about. So we're going to dive into some of that stuff as well today. But, um, you know, other than that be, what did you have this weekend? What were your highlights? Man, what saved me was, was work. Honestly, <laughs> uh, I was able to go out there. It really was. It really was. As far as sports related, uh, was able to go out to Vegas for the uh, end season tournament. You know, a lot of busy, busy days, long days, but the game was cool. The product was cool. Been tuning in a lot more basketball because of work, so it saved me from some of the the dreadful uh, highlight uh, football games in the NFL. The uh, the marquee matchups, some of these Monday, Thursday night games have been kind of brutal, but yeah, that's what saved me. Good hoops, Lakers, LeBron. I mean, you can't beat it. Get to see those guys play up close, so. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. You may have lie. touched on it, B, but uh, explain to these listeners what, what you're doing because I think it's pretty cool now that you're on the front side of this. Like I said, I think we did touch on this early on in, mm-hmm. in this series, but explain to these people what you're doing over there right now. Yeah, so right now, I mean, well, just all in general, since I got done playing, I kind of ventured to the film and television side of sports, the other side of the camera. And I uh, was able to work for NFL Films as a producer, editing, podcasts, documentaries, whatever you name it. So that's kind of my space now. Right now, at this moment, I'm working with NBA broadcasts. So when you guys watch TV, or watch the game on TV, you know, I'm assisting and making sure all that goes accordingly, along with a plethora of other things, you know, that maybe aren't as exciting as far as a work day. But uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, a lot of, you know, former teammates, guys hit me up because everyone wants to still be involved in sports. So, you know, podcast is a great way. You see a lot of guys got the podcast, us included. And just, you know, keeping, keeping you know, football, basketball, the things we love around. So I can't complain, really. Pretty cool. I get to come here and still talk ball. I don't really talk basketball that much as I'm kind of – I mean, I know ball, but – Nah, 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 nah. Yeah, I remember the locker room days, dude. There were so many knockdown, drag-out, hoop conversations and hoop – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Locker rooms. Dude, you remember we had um, – we had basketball class. I think it was one summer. Yeah. Me, you, a couple guys had hoop class as a little, uh, uh, what do you call it? The 1.5 credit classes. Uh, yeah. What are they called? Yeah. Uh, they mean, uh, uh, electives or whatever. Electives. Yeah, electives. Yeah. Basketball. And it was tough because it was in the summer. And for the life of us, we had workouts right after. Oh, yeah. But we, we couldn't help but go hard. I, a few days I had to chill out. Like, yo, I can't do both. Hard I can't go hard at all. You know who survived? Coach Moore still texts me every once in a while, which is the coach. Cool, really? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Is he still there? Yeah, he's up. He's up there. He's done, but he's he's up oh, there. Okay. I saw him at the uh, coaches versus cancer last summer. He's up there, you know, doing his thing. But that guy's nice. seen some stuff, man. He's because yeah. he just. I mean, he coached that class, he, or you know, taught that class. I guess you could call it mm-hmm. coaching, whatever. But he was yeah. in that class forever, man. He's had some. A lot of football players took that class. So I guess that's yeah. his version of basket weaving. So, um, <laughs> I, I had a few uh, fun electives. I think that summer was basketball, and then the, that 
fall, I was set to graduate. I had three classes my senior year, um, and I had a dance class. That was actually very informative, very fun. But I actually, I got hurt that season, as many remember. It was out like four or five weeks on crutches at one point. And this is how serious that class was. I'm on the side just taking notes, and the teacher goes, instructor goes, what do you plan on doing? I was like, I don't know. I mean, I can't dance. He's like, no, I need like a report on this dance, where it came from, why do we do it, how many steps it has, the whole time. And I'm a senior about to graduate, trying to enjoy life. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. It's a little bit more work than I signed up for. I thought I was just going to hit my little two-step and get out of here, my little waltz. That's a little I did learn. <laughs> That's good stuff, man. Well, like I like I said, we got we got we got some cool downtime stuff um, to talk about, and I, I'll just start with this: the slate coming up for this Saturday. We got we got Georgia Southern in Ohio and the Myrtle Beach Bowl. We got the Cricket Celebration Bowl with Howard and Florida A and M. We got the uh, RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl with Jacksonville State and Louisiana. Uh, the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl, Miami of Ohio and App State. Um, we got the New Mexico Bowl with New Mexico State and Fresno State. We got the Starco Brands LA Bowl hosted by Gronk with uh, the home team, the UCLA Fighting Bruins and Boise State. And then to cap the night off, we got the Radiance Technologies Independence Bowl with Cal and Texas Tech. So we got a couple brands there. Got a couple other teams that I'm going to be completely honest with you folks. I didn't even watch. Don't even know how the hell they did, what they got going on. Um, but it's football. So right. which which one of those are you most looking forward to this weekend? Oh, man. I heard you say Gronk. So hopefully he shows up, and that's fun. Yeah, and it's a good matchup. UCLA, or at least, yeah. you know, historically speaking, UCLA and Boise State. Right. It'll be good. You know, I think that's – riddle, riddle me this. Riddle me this. You know, first – Slate of bowl games, as you said. Yeah. I'm sure people will tune in, but it brings to the conversation with the playoffs. Do bowl games still matter? You know? Dude. dude. Listen, I think there's a fine line. I think for some of these programs, like, this this is great, right? Like, you get the kids an extra chance to strap them up. You know, the seniors um, and some of these kids, you know, most of bowl season is nationally televised no matter what. So you have, you have people paying attention, get eyeballs on it. So it's, it's good for visibility purposes. Um, I would have never sat out just because, you know what I mean? Or I would have never opted out or whatever. It's just not, not in my DNA, but um, you know, I don't know, man, it's tough. And there's so like, I just rattled off those names. Like it's like right. Gronk is basically in a, in a title sponsor for one of these bowl games. And that's not knocking Gronk, hell of a player, but like this stuff, this stuff hadn't happened, you know, previously or in, in recent memory, it's just gotten to be, you know, the Kleenex bowl. And, you know, you got the Clorox bowl, the Kleenex bowl and the Windex bowl. They're just, they're just making stuff up now and grabbing things out of thin air. So it's to answer your question, you know, I think they matter. I think they matter for the guys, it, just the visibility of it. When you start flooding yeah. the market, I think it becomes a little less yeah. tolerable. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's tough. I mean, as you said, for the guys, the players, I'm like said, another chance, lace them up the last chance for many guys to play football ever, really for, yeah. for a good majority, you know? So on that aspect, yeah, I get it. It's fun. <clears throat> chance to go out of the state for some and, you know, experience a new town. 
uh, and things like that. But yeah, it, it gets a little, uh, it's a little laughable. Some of the names you re- you read off, but I guess, like you said, it's football. We all this, this dead period. We all need it for the college football fans. It's people. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn on some of these games. Whether I sit there and analyze it, but I'm gonna have it on. Oh, so sure. it, it's good to have it all on. You know. For sure. And like you like you hinted at, with this 12-team expansion for the playoffs, you know you're going to get some some more marquee matchups and some more like primetime games. So for television, yeah, right. thing, it's going to be good, um, yeah. especially early on in this bowl season. You're going to play – you're really going to play the season out with meaningful games pretty much every weekend all the way until, you know, the, the beginning of January. So um, I think that's good. And I think that's, yeah. you know – all, all the all the economic benefits of the home game series and stuff like that it's going to be going to be fantastic so um, I'm looking forward to it but I don't want to sleep on it you know what I mean I got I got uh, you know we got like I said we got some ball so it will be on it will be fun um, and we'll be talking about it now now another another portion of this that, that you talked about you know we, we talked about the transfer portal everything that's been going on I mean it's been a freaking carous- carousel dude you got you know, the name, the the surprises, like the Kyle McCords of the world entering and, and the Dylan Gabriels even, you know, going on his third school, another name brand, big brand going to Oregon. Like, it's it's crazy, man. And we got some mailbags on this, too. So I don't want to I don't want to maybe maybe we'll even just touch on it just because. But it, the unrestricted free agency that this is that this has become and then now you're starting to see these bidding bidding wars for the name, image, and likeness of all these guys, right. and their true values. Um, it's crazy. And I, I, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think the players deserve the right to do things, but again, it goes back to just my, my biggest qualm with how they roll all of this stuff out from the NCAA is they just make it the wild west and then they have to pull things back. And it just, it adds more, confusion and hurdles to the process. Whereas if you just put a little bit of thought into it and a little bit of barriers into it at the beginning, you wouldn't have to deal with these issues. And, you know, I think the the adjustments would become much more minor and, and, and minuscule in the grand scheme of things and much easier to, to, to appease yeah. the masses with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but when you look at some teams like Penn state and some of these larger teams that are going out, you know, the Notre Dame's of the world, Landon Riley Leonard, you're really just filling gaps, right? And I, I, I think it's almost like a two-tiered system, right? You have the cream of the crop that's just going, oh, we need this and we need this gap to, to, to right. take us to the next level. And I think that's where Penn State is. So I want to dive into some of Penn State's targets after that. But then I also want to hammer home this point of like, then you have like that middle and second tier where you're just seeing teams turn over rosters. And they're just yeah. like – Screw it. You played here. Come on, come on over here. Let's see if it works out here. And you're seeing just like right. mass changes in these rosters and culture and all this stuff. And it just presents a bunch of challenges and it shows that there's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. But what, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's just a really unique thing. Like you see, you see some approaches with the, with the uh, brands that are more entitled than others, I guess you could say the bigger yeah. brands that are just kind of cherry picking what they want. And then it's like, right. you know, that is just like the scraps for everybody else. And it's just a free, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's tough. And I mean, I'm not, I can't remember if we touched on it uh, last pod, but I know we said it maybe on or off camera. It was about 3000. This was last week. Could be, it was definitely more now. There's about 3000 kids that entered to the portal. Yeah. That's an insane amount of, <laughs> amount of kids as far as teams and how many kids actually play. 
So it's it's definitely the wild, wild west, as you said, and the way it's rolled out. Now we got to rein things back in. And the more and more I hear about it, even what you said, the teams that are kind of just like, hey, come play here. You're affecting your recruiting in a sense, in some degree. Cause On a large obviously- degree. I mean, the high school kids are the ones that, that yeah. do all of this. You ask a team, the, the team personnel, they say, no, it's not that big of a deal. But for everyone else, it's like there's only a certain amount of scholarships, there's only the amount of players on the field. You get a receiver or a tight end, whatever position that comes in, has one year eligibility, he's going to get they, – they want him to come here to get that last year, right? Yeah. That could potentially, you know, turn off a kid that you don't know, maybe a stud that wants to come play for you. But he's like, ah, nah. You know, let me go here. I think my chances of playing here are better. And it may be a time where you see guys miss out on diamonds in the rough. You know, that three-star tight end that is going to come in and develop and ball out. He may go elsewhere because you got a a four-year starter coming in to essentially take that spot for a year, rent the spot for a year. Well, I think it's funny because it's a trickle-down effect, right? Like, I think think it's – I've said this for the last couple years since the transfer portal has been a thing, but you're starting to see the dissemination of talent now across the landscape, right? Like the JMUs of the world and, 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 you know, some of those smaller brands that are getting really good kids that almost benefit from the transfer portal, at least in that recruiting stage where they're now getting those borderline kids that may or may not be, um, you know, necessarily as polished coming out of their senior year of high school, but you get them in the system for a year, they get in a weight training program, you know, they start getting some confidence and now they're really good players. And then on the flip side of that, the hard part is then keeping them right. Because then they're going to go and get rented. So it's like, it's like almost this big double-edged sword and conundrum where like at the ground level, you're starting to get, much more like you're, you're for sure, for sure for, you know, I, I, I'm just saying this because of what they do. I don't believe in it too much, but you're for sure, for sure like can't miss four or five star guys are landing where they need to land. But then those, those borderline guys who, like you said, maybe projects or, or developmental kids, you know, they, they land at some program that probably wouldn't have been on their choice. And now their parents and all them have to start setting expectations differently you know what i mean and stuff like that but you know the beauty of it then is just because you start there doesn't mean you're gonna finish there right right with an il that's a big part of it too hey i bought out uh, at jmu or fiu or wherever yeah and now i'm a top guy why not transfer up tap into a bigger network of alumni and the whole deal that bigger bigger pockets pretty much, let's call it what it is, into a power five university and see where that takes me. You know, obviously my increases my chances of going to the next level. And also why not, you know, try to fill my pockets up a little more uh, in the meantime. So yeah, it's definitely a double edged sword, but it's, it does. I do like the evening, the evening of the playing field, yeah. or whatever you want to call it. You know, yeah. I, I think that has showed its face already Sometimes it does take one guy to make one play for one team in one moment. And, you know, that could be a transfer kid or, or whoever it may be. Well, and, and I think this takes us into that conversation, like you said, of the high school recruiting, right? Like, what do they sign? 20 to 25 kids a year usually isn't, isn't a recruiting class yeah. somewhere in there. 
you know, and if, if you, you go and you take seven or eight portal kids, you know, now that, that high school number goes down drastically. You did some good research on, on the big 10 and then as it stands now and now what the big 10 will be next year, right. with the addition of a few of those West coast teams. Um, and I, I think it's, we, we, we touched on this lightly on a few other po- on a few other episodes, just about, you know, that blue chip rating or whatever has been made up now about the, 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 uh, Comp- uh, compilation of four and five stars on the roster and stuff like that and the ratios. But what do you, what do you got from that? Because I think, I think this is going to lead us down to another interesting conversation surrounding just recruiting as a whole. Yeah. So I just looked at the big 10 for what it is and what it foreseeably will be. I know we don't pay too much attention to the stars as players. You know, it's the first thing you hear when you, you step on campus, like, Oh, all that star shit. Leave that in high school. You know, you got to earn your stripes, whatever, whatever, which is true, 100% true. But then, you know, we look at it as those top dog teams, they have a guy. And not all the time, but usually that guy may be a five-star. So there is some truth to, you know, the developmental kid that's maybe a three or four-star, if you count four-stars as that, or the five-star who's supposed to come in and have an immediate impact. And at the top of our, you know, division or – Conference Big Ten, Ohio State is number one, number two in the country overall. And they're set with their five, five stars, 19, four stars, and only five, three stars with the that composite rate of 298.54. This is per 24. <laughs> I don't know how they do the composite rate because us as Penn State, we're number three in the Big Ten, but our commits right now are the exact identical same as Michigan but we're ahead of them by one spot, which is kind of confusing. I don't know how that works. We're also number 13 in the country. Michigan sits at 16. Yeah. Our, our composite rating is 266.94. Theirs is 260.02. I don't know how that goes, but I'm paying attention to it just because with the new squads coming into it, Oregon, USC, you know, I thought they may have a little drop off or maybe an increase due to the Big Ten shift. I'm not sure if it really factored in. I think Oregon has had the same amount of kind of recruiting success they've always had because they're coming in to be in a number two class into the Big Ten. Zero five stars as well, 19 four stars, four three stars, which their number is also kind of identical to ours. So I don't know how they do these ratings, but yeah, there is some science to it because I'm just looking at our commits. We have three uh, wide receiver commits so far in the high school class so far. Back in the high school conversation class, we're just having, we all know we're actively in the transfer portal wide receiver market. You know, a number of guys taking official visits, set to take official visits, have offers from us as Penn State. We touched on one last week, kid, um, what was it, North Texas, I believe it was. Uh, and we've got some more guys, you know, with offers, official visits. I know we're going to touch on the kid Julian Fleming out of Ohio State. I believe he was a PA kid, one of the Southern. five – yeah. Yep. Um, he's set to have an official visit. I know Penn State wanted him you know, pretty bad coming out. I'm sure he still has a relationship with Coach Franklin. A lot may have said, hey, if you would have came here from the beginning, you might have had a little bit more success. But, you know, that's why you don't burn bridges. That's why you don't burn bridges. A lot of uh, – I have some horror stories with high school coaches that had some choice words for me when I decided to go or stay at Penn State, for that matter, and kind of – give them the stiff arm. So, yeah, 
to C- Coach Franklin's, uh, you know, point, the family and, you know, relationships, it is, a, it is a big deal. So that's good. We'll see what goes with that. The kid Will Shepard you mentioned last week from Vanderbilt also, you know, has an offer and hopefully sets a, has a, is set to take an official, see how that goes. And the kid from North Carolina just had an official, official, excuse me. And what I love about it is that they're all bigger receivers. I keep talking about that, that bigger physicality, speed. But I'm going to keep harping on it, going against those two guys, you know, up out east, northeast a little bit, Ohio State, Michigan. They're all lining up with big corners that can run fast, going to grab you. So we got to counter, counteract that. So I like what I'm seeing so far from our receiver recruiting. We'll see how that affects the high school level. Hopefully, guys keep coming. The guys that are there, the guys are coming, get developed, and we we put out a good product out there. Well, and I and I want to I want to bring this back home like you did at the end there. I thought you did a good job, but like when you look at when you look at how we've recruited traditionally under Coach Franklin, he's he's always had success. We've had I I, I would venture to say top at least top twenty classes every year he's been there. Hundred um, percent. And and I think he does take a he, he makes it a priority to ensure that he does grow at least the foundational part of the program from the ground up, from the grassroots old school recruiting straight from high school type of type of mentality. And what's, what's, what's kind of interesting with that is, is, you know, now we're starting to see some, and I'm not going to call them deficiencies because I I still think, and I've, I've said this, I still think we could win with who we have. And like yeah. compete with the Michigans and Ohio State's world with who we have. It's just more so schematic and how them in positions to be successful and, and things of that nature. And I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse and uh, get his chance to do that for us here next year. But um, you know, when you are when you are going to dip into the portal, you know, I can think of a few. We had the Tinsley kid who came in from I think Western yeah. Kentucky. Who, okay, yeah. who is a pro now, had a good year when he came in with, with Clifford. Um, I just think that we really need to make sure that when we do dip into the portal, these are home run, like, you know, you're not, you're not going into the economy renter, renter section in Hertz and, and pulling out a freaking reliable Pacifica. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're going into the you're going into the presidential suite and grabbing you a right. grabbing you a Shelby GT five hundred that can scoot. You right. know what I mean? Ready to go. Ready to go. You know what I'm saying? And I think you have the chance to do that here. And you named a couple kids who at least surface value and then what they've done in their previous schools, you know, have that. When you when you look at the intangibles, you look at the 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 measurables and then you look at some of the statistics to back it up. They're guys who can go and you you know, you, you hope that 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 trans that transformation and that shift in shift in uh, scenery is smooth, and these guys can right. make an impact for us. You know, you, you mentioned Julian Fleming, and that's just it's just the funny thing about the world we live in today. You know, think about it when we were coming out. If if you were the number one recruit in the state of Pennsylvania, and you you know you basically gave Penn State the finger and went to Ohio State. And now you got all these fans on the message boards and, and hitting us up on, on mailbag Monday saying, Oh, you know, right. chances to get this kid back now. Like, you know, we're all, we're all like, what do we got to get him now? You know, we'll take him on second rent, you know, we'll take his seconds here, which is, which is funny to me, but um, in terms of how that all changed, but, you know, thinking about it from a homegrown standpoint, you know, just filling gaps. Right. And I, yeah. I'd be curious to get your thought on, you know, I think the offensive side of the ball, Show has showed this year a little bit more than the defensive side of the ball where those gaps may be. 
What do you think defensively if we do dip into the portal? What are some what are some gaps or 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 not even gaps, but where do you think they'd be looking if they were looking for anything out of out of the portal on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I think it, it falls along your point of getting a home run guy. You know, of course, there's, there's always a linebacker or any position that you could go and grab and probably a solid player, good kid and can make an impact, you know. But it comes down to what are you are you signing them, getting them just to get them, you know, just yeah. to add depth. I don't think, like I said, I don't think Penn State's in the market in the transfer portal market to to get depth, you know, just for surface value. To say, you know, we're gonna we're in there to get guys because they've done a good job recruiting. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, exactly. Good point. Great point. So, if there and was a position like that, you're now taking away reps from those the Tony Rojas's of the world and stuff like that. Exactly. If you bring in a, a, a linebacker with a year of eligibility, you know, that's that's a Exactly. Those are valuable reps for a young guy. Exactly. Yeah. And so perfect. That linebacker position right there. I've seen some talks of some guys at transfer portal. And obviously I feel a way. It depends what how the coaching staff feels, how the new linebacker coach that comes in feels. If we're gonna just stay stay on linebacker and defensive coordinator in general, you know, whoever we decide to get, maybe he has guys that come with him that are, you know, vets in the college game. That's a possibility to where that could that could be beneficial. They know the system that's coming in. Like I said, it's plug and play. And it may hurt that it takes away reps from a guy that we like, just keeping in linebacker position like a Tony Rojas, who I believe said him getting a year. I saw he said his favorite player is Fred Warner, and he physically can look like him and can put it all together. Could be a Fred Warner type player, and yeah. that will be big time. But the one position I would say is, probably interior D-line. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talks about that beginning of the year, but even more importantly now, we got guys leaving. You know, the guys that were questionable, that played their their ass off all year, I think we touched on it, you know, may or may, may not be here next year due to, you know, just moving on. So I think we can never have too, mu- too much D-line depth. I know we all wanted the big, the big, huge guys, the 6'6 guys, whatever it may be. So, you know, I don't think, I'm never going to knock getting one of those guys, you know, uh, DBs, we will be a little young, depending on what happens with um, King. But Johnny Dixon, we touched on, will be uh, leaving. I believe his eligibility is up. So we will be young, but we've had so many guys play. I, similar to Tony Ross, I feel good about the homegrown talent there. Um, yeah. We've always done a good job recruiting in that in the, yeah. in the secondary. Um, yeah. That's why I'm not too worried about the new D.C. that comes in. I mean, comes in or is raised up, you know, hopefully brought from within, but not too concerned with with the defense. So what's your what is your what is your final consensus on this? Because everyone knows, obviously, with me, like I'm 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 all in on the Anthony Poindexter train uh, and there may be some personal bias in there, but I really don't give a fuck. Um, I love the guy and I hope he right. gets I, I hope he does a good job. Um and, you know, I, I, another guy I don't want to shun is Coach Terry Small, T. Smalls. But I, I don't think Terry Smith wants to, at this yeah, point right. in his career, you know, I think he's really – and I may be talking for the man. I don't I don't want to speculate. Right. But I just – I know Coach Smith, and I think that he's re- he really likes what he's doing. And I mm-hmm. think he takes a lot of pride in that room. And I just don't know if he wants all that. 
You know what I'm right. saying? I think he just kind of, I think he likes where he's at. I think he likes helping coach Franklin as the associate head coach. I think he, he obviously loves the program played here, bleeds blue and white. And, and the way he's represented the program has been fantastic. And I just think, I'm just not quite sure if that step, this point in his career is really something that he's looking for. And if I'm wrong, you know, I hope he gets his chance as well, just because right, he's, right. You know what I'm saying, but you, you know, you mentioned, you know, some guys, do you got any, do you got a short list of guys out there um, who may or may not still be on the market that, that you think would be good fits for us? Uh, you know, at least defensively from a philosophy standpoint. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I don't, like I said, I'm not too worried about it. I hope see hope I'm right behind you with coach uh, Poindexter. I don't personally know him like you do, but my interaction with him, with him last few years have been great. You know, Kids seem to love him. And like we said, he's a bona fide, like, baller or was baller. a bona fide baller. Like, baller. any kid coming in, safety or not, it's like, how, how could I not take heat from this guy? You know, he's been there and he's done that at the highest level. So, uh, and also a great personality. That's a big deal. And I know for a fact he instills that confidence that we always talk about. I see the way the safeties play now. I mean, it's that confidence. So, I'm actually fully behind that. And if not him, back to T. Smalls, I agree with you there, too. I mean, he's been doing it at a high level as well. You would imagine that if he did want that, be a D coordinator somewhere or to have that role, he probably would have taken it. I'm sure he's had his chances and had plenty of calls, people trying to poach him. Super tied in to Pittsburgh, Western PA, high school. Um, it's another benefit that we have at Penn State with having him on staff. Long time uh, roots there was great coach down there as well. So, and I know, like I said, we're not speaking for the man. Love T. Smalls, but I know he loves his enjoys his family, and we know how much coaching is. And obviously, becoming a, a D coordinator was even will be even more responsibility. So I, I agree with you. I think he, he likes his role right now, and obviously, anybody that steps up into that position will have him, Coach Smalls, by their side. So. I think I think that'd be a good match. So I'm actually rooting for Coach Poindexter. Yeah, I've seen a lot of things. You know, we've seen our guy uh, Elijah Robinson. You mentioned just going up with Fran Brown. So I don't think he's leaving there. To be honest, uh, Coach Fran's got some some motion up there for sure. They're snagging guys. You know, as a South Jersey guy myself, I've known Coach Fran for a while. Ran into him a bunch of times around high school fields. Even back when I was training on my own and things, he had his sons out there. Yep, grinding. So. I like Coach Fran a lot. Syracuse making some noise. Uh, yeah, I don't really have too many names, though. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you full board on Coach Poindexter. I mean, he knows the guys. I'm sure he'll have his own twists and turns on the system. But once again, system, not worried about it. Players, not worried about it. The brand of Penn State defense is always going to be upper echelon. Even if we're not top five every year, it's, it's going to be right there. Yeah. That, that 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 kind of speaks for itself. You really just need, like you said, I think it's more the intangibles. It's can you can do the guys want to play for whomever? Mm-hmm. That, like that's that's really what it comes down to. Is you know, do, is that person a great motivator? Are they a great teacher? And do they do they uh, get their energy into those players, which? Mm-hmm transcends onto the field in terms of how they play with that type of intensity and tenacity. And, you know, we've, we've, we've been fortunate as Penn state fans to have had that really, um, 
during Coach Franklin's entire tenure with Coach Shoup and then, you know, Coach Pry and, you know, you start going down the list. So, um, yeah, that's always the toughest part when guys leave. Yeah. To me, it's when you see the players react because you know they like the guy, they love the guy that much. I know that's how it was when Pry left. Luckily, he wasn't doing my tenure. <laughs> But I remember he was getting calls during our tenure, and he always kept it real with us. Like, hey, so-and-so's calling. I'm taking this interview, you know, and if something does happen, you guys will be the first to know. So saw a lot of the public, you know, you know reactions from players. And obviously, sad to see Coach Diaz go, but the guys, you know, see he has a ton of respect from the guys. And, you know, I'm not sure if we were going to even go into this, but I think that Duke – a lot of people are like, oh, why Duke? Why Duke? Of all places. But that ACC stands to go up back against his old squad that yeah. I know he still has a little little salt build up. I think uh, I think all in all, I think he'll do a great job uh, being a head coach again. And I didn't know him personally, but respect to him as well. Yeah, I've said that yeah. too. I, I, I want to kind of back on some of the things that I did say. You know, I, I was, I'm, I still am kind of on the why Duke thing because I think that there is a ceiling there, and it's, mm-hmm. not, um, it's really not for anything that he can control. I think it's just more so like overall support. And when you start talking, now there may be some things that happen in the NIL space and whatnot that make it that kind of level that playing field. But I just think that, you know, when He's going to have to recruit a certain kid to get to Duke. And, I, you know, I, I said this about Penn State, too. I think Penn State is and was the same way where there's a certain type of kid in terms of yeah. what, what they're made of that goes to a place like Penn State and goes to a place like Stanford. And I think Duke under Coach Elko has now gotten to the point where they understand the winning culture. And now it's like they've figured out what that kid is and how they get them there. And, you know, it's going to be a lot more ups and downs than a bigger name program. But I think with a guy like Manny running the show and and having the experiences he did have at a place like Miami, which was one of those programs where, you know, you can get all the players in the world there because the history and stuff like that. But I think, I think it's going to be a good fit for him. Do I think it's a long-term stay? I don't know. Maybe if he's if he's comfortable with that, kind of like a Kirk Ferentz type role where he just kind of settles in yeah. and enjoys it, you know what I mean? Or, or Pat Fitzgerald up at Northwestern before this year and all that stuff happened. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think that where, functionalities fit things well. Do we know where Coach Fitzgerald is at now? Penn State faithful. We got the bowl game merch for you guys. Hoodies, tees, long sleeves, whatever you feel like wearing, we got it for the 2023 Peach Bowl. Check out the We Are Feeling Peachy gear in the link below. Have fun in Atlanta and looking forward to it. We are. Do we know where Coach Fitzgerald is at now? I really liked him a lot. He almost got me out of high school. Northwestern was a was a quiet number two for me. She I like that. Yeah, everyone liked him a lot. And a quick recruiting story for me in terms of Duke. I remember, obviously, Duke was not what they were now. I remember the coach came to my school, and I was sick. It's coming, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I had pink eye. Don't ask me how I got it. I don't remember. But <laughs> I remember he came, he didn't he didn't tell me he was coming to school. I got a call that morning, <laughs> and my high school coach called me. He's like, hey, Duke coach here. He's like, um, are you coming in? And I said, no, I'm sick. And the coach, I guess, was kind of pissed off. And he said, like, hey, he asked me, if you're serious about us, we're serious about you. 
you know, are are we in like, should I be recruiting you pretty much? And I remember as a 16, 17 year old kid, I had to tell the man no. And it was just so foreign to me because like I'm turning away a possible opportunity of education, you know, full ride, all whoop de whoop. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, wow, this is tough. Like, but I told him, like, I'm sorry, bro. Like, I had no intent of going to Duke. So we can just call it right here. I'm sure he appreciated that deep down. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid, no. I was nervous. Oh, hell yeah, nervous as hell. <laughs> um, all right, so so we, we, we've talked about this. Let's dive a little bit deeper into this matchup that we got with Ole Miss again, right? I, you know, we've, we've danced around this for a minute. Um, we kind of gave our high levels, and I'm going to keep I'm going to keep beating home a couple of these points because I, I truly do think that this is you can make this matchup as complex as you want, but I really do think it comes down to you know the styles that make this fight, and it's yeah. it's really going to be Kiffin against our defense and and how he can scheme it up, and then I think transversely when you look at it and you start looking at some of these numbers, you know Ole Miss. You know, rush defense, they're ranked 67th nationally, giving up 151, 152 yards per game. Um, you know, we're uh, – I think we average about 187 yards per game on the ground. Kind of plays right into our bread and butter. Um, I don't think we're going to have to necessarily change who we are from an offensive standpoint to be able to make things. I think we can come in, come in the game, like, not a basic, but who we are and, and roll the dice there. So – when it comes to styles, I just think I just think we physically need to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, but specifically on the offensive side of the ball. And uh, you know, so here we go. You know, our 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 rush defense is third nationally, averaging two point one yards per carry, one point six yards per carry to be exact. Um, you know, I just think I think we forced Jackson Dart to beat us. We forced Kiffin to right. to, to do some things, and and that's really what it comes down to. Um, I don't, again, I don't think it's, it's you can you can elaborate on those points and make it more and more complex than it needs to be. But um, and I think that bodes well. And, you know, we do have chop out. He opted out. We have yeah. a couple other guys who who potentially could here. And, and those are all, you know, to to be determined. Um, but then you also had a guy like Theo Johnson say, you know, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm leaving, but I'm going to play in this game. So I think that bodes well for the offense. But. Um, do you have any color to add with any of those things that I threw out there um, with the I mean, matchup? Yeah, well, in general, the matchup, I think this could be, bias aside, one of the better bowl games, even including the playoffs, I'll say, just because I don't – well, outside of playoffs, I'm not sure if any other team is – teams, Ole Miss included, are invested in the game as much as we are. You know, I look at Ohio State versus Missouri. You know, we got transfers and this and that. The quarterback's out. I think it takes a little air, steam out of the game. Obviously, not being in a, could be some uh, residual effects, some some letdown. Georgia, Florida State, in the same regard. Yeah, the team will be pumped up, but when you're not playing in the game, you really want to play, be playing in. Think you should be. I think it could take a little bit out of it. So I think Penn State don't miss two fan bases, two brands that will be fired up, played down there in Atlanta. Uh, definitely just looking forward to it. And then through the matchups you just said, I mean. If it comes down to Jackson Dart, making Jackson Dart beat us, which I believe our defense will, you know, I think I'm looking forward to the matchup between on the outside, whatever corners line up. Like we said, we'll see what guys come back to play. If King comes back, you know, I think pretty sure Johnny Dixon will be ready to go. But like I said, the young corners 
And he, anyone stepping out or stepping up, like I said, Chop will be out. I don't really sweat that as much as I would like to see those guys play, but I always like the opportunity it brings for the next guy up. So yeah. that next DN, whoever may line up, you know, I'm excited for him. There's a chance probably his first – well, Chop was out, but – Another opportunity for him to start his stuff, you know, put more tape out there, get better, improve coming into the next season. Uh, the young kid, Dennis Sutton, it'll probably be him who I think he was a five-star. If he wasn't, I know he was highly touted. He's been showing his ass all year, playing his ass off. And I think the sky's the limit for that kid. So chance for him to go against uh SEC opponent, some good players. And on the flip side, I'm looking to Jackson Dart's legs versus our linebackers, DNs, whatever outside support, because I think they'll have to rely on that a little more. You know, similar to Michigan, you know, they got McCarthy out there, you know, with the full 11 guys blocking and things of that nature. And I, I like Jackson Dart. I think, like I keep saying, he's an athlete. He can definitely make some plays with his arm, but I'm looking to see that matchup between his legs, critical downs, you know, like we didn't do against McCarthy. I will – need to see if we can make those plays on third and three, third and two, fourth and two, whatever it may be rolling out. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that matchup and offensively. I want to dominate these guys. Like you said, that front similar to what we did against uh, Auburn, you know, I want to see us dominate that defensive line, those linebackers, see these young backs, you know, get free as we did last season. You know, you could see the smiles on their faces, big runs, explosives, and, you know, get us all pumped up for next season as we were last year playing against Utah. Yeah. yeah. And what you talked about, this being a game that I think a lot of these people are, you know, at least both these teams are going to be highly invested in. I think for Ole Miss, this is their first 11th. This could potentially be their first 11 mm. wins in program history. If it, if it wasn't in program history, it's going to be for a really, right. really good long damn time so um and then for us consequently it'll be back back 11 win seasons and a lot of momentum going into it so <clears throat> i think that there's just both both conferences adding some big brands um here coming in some some playoff brands uh yeah. you know i just think it's um i think it's going to be good yeah, the guy we don't talk about much and you know i honestly don't really think or we haven't touched on much for this game and we, we did a little bit last week Drew, but just, just, I don't think he needs to do anything crazy. Like, mm-hmm. as, as weirdly as that sounds, like, I just think he needs to play within himself and have just almost an extremely efficient game, very similar to Maryland, um, very similar to West Virginia, where he just operates at a high clip, distributes the football to his playmakers, and let them do the work for him. Um, right. I fully expect Ty and Juwan to have a good game plan. And, you know, maybe you'll see some wrinkles from Andy now that he's going to be up there just kind of watching and, 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 and things of that nature, possibly with some with Bo and getting him involved or whatever. But I just – for Drew, I think this is such a confidence thing. And, you know, I always, I always loved bowl practice because it gave you a chance to reset. You know, my sophomore year, you know, started so high, kind of super lows in the middle and then – we ended in the pinstripe bowl with a great performance. And it was just, I, I reflect on that time. And I really think that just getting back to the basics during bowl prep and, and really hammering home and, and understanding a game plan from not that you didn't understand the game plans, but when you're getting beat up right. and you, you know, ah, and you're hurting and it's this and that, like each week was different. It was just it, yeah. it was a different mental test to, to really grasp it all and be on the same page. 
you get so much time now. Yeah, exactly. I think it's a good reset for Drew. And I just I, – I don't even think he's an X factor in this game. I just I just think that for him it just needs to be about going out and playing winning football, not being – not trying to do too much. You know, for mm-hmm. me, more so the X factor. I want to see a guy like Keandre Lambert-Smith have another big game or, or one of these receivers step up because, like you said, right. it's it's been covered and talked about in every media channel about how we're looking to add some more talent to that room. And, and like I said, I think that that's a talented room. I just don't know how developed and polished it is. And, you know, when you start getting that pressure, you know, iron sharpens iron. Competition, you know, tends to bring the best out of folks. And I want those guys to look at this as a great opportunity to set the tone heading into next year. And not necessarily scare away any transfers, but kind of, you know, hey, you got a chance to kind of flex it and be like, listen, boys, like this is my room. You know, any coming in here, like, you know, hey, cool. But I just, I just went for a buck fifty and three in the in the in the, in the Peach Bowl, you know. Right. What I'm, saying? I'm the guy that they're going to be game planning for, so um, you know, you got to come in here and play Robin. So I really want to see someone from that room, and that would be my X factor on the offensive side. Yeah. You know, I look for Katron, I look for Nick to both get theirs. Uh, you know, I look for the offensive line to be another you know, quasi, I guess, lesser X factor, but, you know, talking about what I said, they need to establish, establish dominance at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I just think Drew's just got to play an efficient game. Yeah, no, that's a great point. I mean, I'm glad we haven't even brought his name up because I yeah. know we've been harped on all season, every game, every week. So yeah, I agree with you there. Just play his game, get the ball to the weapons. And similar to what you said, I mean, these guys got have to win, you know, one way or another. And when, when I say win, I don't mean they have to be wide open every play. I mean, they have to make the best out of the opportunity when the ball comes. And, yeah. you know, we sat in rooms. You threw the guys, our, you know, guys, Deshaun, Godwin, Saeed. We got to get Saeed on here at some point. I mean, yeah. plethora of guys who, who kind of had that mentality, as you said. Like, okay, Godwin just caught that 20-yard dig and took a hit. Like, I got I to one-up it. I got to. I got to rip across my guy's face. I got to make that slant when it comes my way, you know, and it's all love and it's all, you know, one team, but it's like, okay, I saw, I see what he's doing in practice. He's catching a hundred balls on the jugs after practice. I got to, I got to catch 150, you know, we got to do it together. Let's, let's grind. And I hope that's what's going on to kind of build that camaraderie. And just, as you said, iron sharpens iron. I mean, I've been talking about this kid, Amari Evans called the deep ball against Michigan state. I want to see him see him get loose you know maybe it doesn't have to be a deep ball every play but <clears throat> can he run the basic the 10 yard basic on the timing that it's supposed to be within the you know the right window in the zone because those are the things that you know push you up the depth chart splash plays obviously but can you be where you're supposed to be the timing and everything like that and obviously bring the ball in and we'd love to see one of these guys make something happen man so yeah it it bode well for their confidence in that room, and as you said, they they've been hearing all the chirping all year, similar to the D line. It's 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 fairly warranted until you you shut the critics up. So that okay. challenge is on them, and looking forward to it for sure. Yeah. So um, you know, as I said, a little more color. We'll add a little more color next week, and as things you know change, yeah. don't change. We'll definitely. Keep- about it as as this is obviously at the forefront of all Penn State fans and the anticipation's killing killing everybody. It's killing us here at the pocket. So um with that being 
What do you got? Uh, especially if Lane Kiffin keeps tweeting. <laughs> it's just funny. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's, he's thanking Chop and wishing him the best of luck. Dude, that guy's fantastic, man. He's There's two, two great personalities that coach uh, in this game, too. Yeah. I'm sure Lane Kiffin would love – I'm not sure if they played against each other before, maybe SEC, but yeah. would love to beat Coach Franklin for the sake of it. And Coach Franklin, likewise. He's yeah. not going to tweet about it, but he loved uh, – <laughs> Take down Kiffin for sure. No doubt, man. No doubt. <laughs> so, um, all right. With that, let's let's dump let's jump over to the mailbag. You had a great video this morning. A little frosty snowman in the background. You know, getting getting in the swing of things. So, you me, I hate Christmas. So that's all good. <laughs> like you, Grinch, dude. A little bit, man. I'm not gonna lie. Put a family for kids. It's all fun. Okay. All right. Well, let's um, let's jump. Let's jump this because I think uh, we'll, we'll only hit a couple. Um, cool. but I think this is a good one from uh, Chris Binner, um, at C Binner Chris on X. Um, he goes watch Rutgers DC. Joe, not even going to try to pronounce his last name. Uh, it's it's pretty seems seems pretty complicated for me in my twelfth grade reading level. Um, but the defensive coordinator at Rutgers uh, historically has had very strong defenses, also runs an aggressive style. To me, he's a sleeper and would be a home run higher. So we got a, we got a guy, Rutgers, you're a Jersey guy, yeah. hired him yeah. away from Shiano, who, who, who started his coaching career at Penn State. Um, what do you think about that? I, I, I got one that's kind of off the wall. You know, I think I think Pat Fitzgerald. They, you talked about where's Pat? That would be Ooh, where's Pat? That'd be a crazy <laughs> one. Um, but but what do you think about Joe from from Rutgers? And then uh, you know Pat, and then maybe maybe just give me one off the cuff because I got another one outside of Pat. Yeah, let me uh, let me do my ten second research over here. What's it called? A Her- Herzmiak? Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, let's see. I mean, from what I've just witnessed from Rutgers this year, they have changed their brand of football. I'll say that. Uh, obviously, I mean, they won a, a good amount of games, and they were in a lot of the big games, the big-time games. I will say that uh, against all the big squads. So defense has definitely improved. Uh, I know a lot of those young kids on their defense as well, actually. So I, would, I guess I wouldn't be opposed to that. Um, Got to see what the guy's really about, but – I'm still on board with hiring from within because there's too many quality guys on our roster or our staff. Even if it's not Coach um, Dex, uh, Coach Dex, excuse me. You know, there's a lot of guys that at least deserve an interview if they would like it. You know, so we'll yeah. see. But I think we keep touching on it. We're so close, knocking on the door of getting there. Obviously, Coach Manny leaving, you know, hurts because he was a part of the reason why we're so close. I almost don't want to change too much of the nucleus up that we don't have to, you know, from the player standpoint. I mean, the familiarity, like the transfer portal, you want to talk about mitigating damage that could potentially be in there. You know, you bring in somebody and, you know, you rub a couple of these young guys wrong or the wrong way and – you know, they, they hit the portal and now you're kind of, 
you know, you're, 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 you're scratching and clawing and, and yourself, yourself creating issues. You know what I mean? Yourself. That's a fact. She was speaking of Shiano. I know he's highly respected, but when coach Franklin, before he came in, there was talks of him coming in. He rubbed me the wrong way in recruiting. Um, I, I'm not sure what I would have done, but in my head, I was thinking I, I was I wasn't about that. So yeah, uh, definitely, definitely, um, almost best to not shake it up too much. So right, right, yeah. I mean, I think, I think a splash hire like Pat Fitzgerald would be, you know, I think that would be just kind of you'd have to do something crazy like that where it's like a where it's like a big recognizable name and you know, big defensive background, people are all excited. You know, the only other crazy one, just because, again, you know, I, I, I love I love, I love talking about taking care of him. You know, get a guy like Al Golden from Notre Dame, bringing him back yeah. home a little bit. Yeah. He's um, been talking every time something comes up. He's, his name has been put in there. So I think I think that would be interesting. But uh, I'll do yeah. you one. We, we hire Poindexter up, get Coach Fitz for the linebackers. Yeah. Yeah. now, but if he's if he's home, yeah, opportunity to get his feet back in there. I'm sure he's still probably you know residually fine, but get his name back in the football ranks. I know he's a big fan of Penn State. I remember that when I was getting recruited because uh, they offered me first, and I think whenever Penn State came along, he was he, like he respected it, like okay, I get it. I know you're a linebacker <laughs> too. I know what Penn State means. Uh, yeah, but I. High respect for uh, Coach Fitzgerald. Yeah. Bolstering the staff, man, because that, that is yeah. a good point. You know, we are we are still going to need to fill a void there, and I think even there we might have a potential to be able to hire from within, get, yeah. get a guy Dan Connor up there or something like that. But yeah. Yeah. we'll see. We'll see. Where's Marty at, man? I don't know. I know he loves he loves his high school kids right now, but we'll see. We'll see. Still can't touch. We'll see. Um, <laughs> what a splash hire. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, get the freaking get the Bayou backer himself in there. Bayou yeah. backer. <laughs> All right, let's go to uh, Andy Rupert. We are to the top. Been a been a been a loyal loyal. Uh, I can't even say tweeter. Can I say Xer now or something like that? We'll say something. We'll figure it out. But um, big big pocket fan. Big real active in the in the mentions. Um. He goes. I've never heard media touch on this. Players unfairly catch most of the heat when they hit the when they hit the portal. Unlike the pros, where we know who elects free agency versus getting released. What percentage of players would you guess enter the transfer portal by free will versus the staff um, essentially running them off to create space? I think that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, that's definitely been part of the reason why I've been a fan. Of the portal, even though we talk about the, you know, doesn't work out for everyone, but because of that, you know, coaches historically are able to up and leave and leave schools, programs, kids, families kind of high and dry. So definitely a proponent of the transfer portal for that reason. Um, and then what else did he say? Um, He's talking about, you know, what percentage of players do you think are forced out versus leaving on their free will and electing to essentially take advantage of the unrestricted free agency that is the transfer portal today? 
Yeah, I think when you say free will versus forced out, you'd have to ask the kid because the kid's always probably going to say they were forced out. Yeah. I don't think there's anything going on where, like, hey, get the F out of here. We don't want you anymore. But as a player, you may feel like, you know, the new recruits are getting shine over you. You're maybe not under the new head coach that came in, so you feel forced out. I mean, I've heard that from several guys. Um Guys that I know, you know, we yeah. know. So that's that's a tricky. I think it's very gray when you ask that question. Um, but like you said, the unrestricted free agency now. Not every player is going to garner that amount of money attention through NIL, although they may think it. So that's where it gets tricky. You know, you you may see a Texas A&M and all the NIL money that they have abundantly available that may or may not be, as we saw the one rec- uh, player. Say that it ain't what you think it is. We are not getting paid like that. So yeah. there's a report that Marvin Harrison supposedly garnering Marvin Harrison Jr. garnering twenty million dollars worth of NIL uh, offers to stay in school, which some say that's baloney and a farce. But who knows? You know, yeah. uh, it's, a, it's such a gray area. Oh no, no, yeah, I think I think it's a good point. I mean, maybe a gray area, gray area for sure. But you look, I think the the one that has brought that question up I think more so has been the whole Kyle McCord situation and I don't think you're ever going to get a coach who admits to with the exception of Dion to basically basically saying you know you better get your ass in the portal because you're never going to play a snap here so on and so forth Um, (laughs) but I respect it Um, but I think no coach is really going to admit it but I think it's one of those things where you know you have a kid like maybe Kyle who, for all intents and purposes, you know, 11-1, and one, was driving to go undefeated, put together a really, really good year, but it just didn't seem to be enough for the fan base and at times even the head coach when you watch mm. body language. Um, you know, maybe maybe the kids wanted some some more security heading into the offseason in terms of, you know, being the guy and continuing to develop. And, you know, maybe that wasn't be promised or, or, or allowed or whatever. So I think that there's just a lot that goes into it. And, um, you know, again, uh, I think you, you bring up a good point. I think every kid that hits the portal is going to say they, they were forced out in, a, in, in some way, shape or form, but it's all going to be in a hearsay type of manner, because yeah. I, I really don't think you're going to see a lot of coaches, you know, basically right. say that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you heard Urban Meyer said it about uh, McCord. Like, why would he do it? Why would he do it? I mean, if you really think at yourself, why? I mean, there's only two or a few reasons why, which you kind of just touched on. I mean, we're never going to hear it verbatim from definitely no one there. But years later, five years later in a podcast, Kyle McCord is in the league doing well. We'll hear about it. Yeah, something's going to come out, which is interesting. Right. Um, all right, let's uh, – my guy, Jonathan Coker, uh, you know, probably one of the biggest biggest proponents of the pod, um, gave us his per usual laundry list of questions, some of which we will touch on, some of which we won't. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's start with Julian Fleming. Is he coming home? We kind of touched on it. You want to you want to you want to answer that one, and I'll because uh, I think it's pretty straightforward. I mean, I think he's got. If I was him, I'd be looking at it heavily. Yeah, 
for sure. I'm not sure all his offers, but I, it sounds good coming home, finish off. Last year, college football, family's right there, easy to come to the games. You know, obviously still can help your NFL prospects and, you know, and uh, opportunities. So I really like it a lot. I mean, I'm not in that kid's brain or house, but maybe that's another question about NIL. You know, I'm sure that's a question he's asking, his family's asking and to some degree, you know, how much can you help us before this, this college thing is over? So I'm sure he's that's a part of his decision. No doubt. Um, and then uh, Coker giving me a little speculation that I wasn't too privy to. I heard some things, but this is this is now out there, so I think this is a good conversation. Also, what's your thoughts on rumors of Florida State and maybe one other school going to the Big Ten? If true, hypothetically, what other school would you like to join? Uh, I did not hear that either. Um what do I think about Florida State? Man. If you could pick another school to join the yeah. big team, who would it be? I'll just say I think Florida State be- belongs in the SEC. I think that would just makes more sense. I mean, if they came to the Big Ten, sure, it would be great. That just seems more way more random than ever hearing Oregon's coming to the Big Ten somehow. Um, but uh, another school, who would it be, who would it be, who would it be? Who would I like to see in the Big Ten? I'll say, I don't know why this is, I think Iowa State. Damn. I don't know why that's coming to me, but I think they're a solid program. They may not be fireworks flashy like an Oregon USC, but I think they're kind of known, or Kansas State for that matter, they're kind of hard-nosed grittiness to them. Yeah. With a little bit of flashy, obviously Iowa versus Iowa State, that makes sense. Um, you know, it gets cold. Both Kansas State, I throw Kansas State in the same regard. Uh, I don't know. Kind of the brands seem like they make sense a big time. You know, you know, I, um, I'm going to bring up two, and I think one's obviously a more potential candidate than the other. Um, but I'm going to preface this with, you know, had this been 15 years ago. And this is not knocking my guy, Coach Pry. I think he's trying to get it back to where it was. But I think Virginia Tech would be from a just location. You're bringing in a fan base. You're bringing in a stadium and a venue. That's awesome. Um, and, and like I said, you know, the old Beamer ball, lunch pail. Oh, you know, yeah. But Foster, like, you know, that it, it fit in really well. Um, and then the kind of the more – outlandish one that I don't think would ever happen just because of their ties to their conference right now. But uh, I think would be for a lot of the similar reasons, one that would be um, interesting would be Tennessee. Tennessee. Bring it in the volunteer. I like both of those. I mean, Virginia tech definitely. I don't know how I even missed that. Shoot. When probably first left, I hopped on a podcast with some Virginia tech guys. Shout out to you guys. And I just kind of read I said, I think he'd be a perfect fit. I mean, yeah. Uh, the kind of, um, you know, attributes, everything about Virginia Tech screams, you know, Big Ten, very similar to, you know, Penn State. And like you said, the brand just makes sense. And then Tennessee as well. I mean, I think location is not even terrible as far as, I mean, they don't care about California and Oregon. They don't care. Location, Blacksburg and and Knoxville, you know, know, stones throw away. You know what I'm saying? I just think it would be, 
you know, maybe maybe Ixnay Florida State and just get both of those. Maybe give maybe give the SEC Florida State for yeah. Tennessee and bring Tennessee and Virginia Tech over. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I don't think Tennessee would even be mad at that. They're probably tired of getting about short end of the stick against Georgia. And yeah, they, they they get high quality recruits every year, but kind of similar to maybe how Penn State fans feel, they can't get over that hump against those and they're those good teams. So. The funny thing about a school like Tennessee is they got to recruit outside of their state. You know, there's not a ton of right. talent, not a ton right. of homegrown talent. So, you know, it's the exception of a few few states here in the Big Ten. Right. Is similar to like a Nebraska, similar to an Iowa. You know, you got to you got to get outside of the to get outside of the 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 uh, the home base and the and the uh, friendly fire and the friendly lines, and you got to get out there behind enemy yeah. lines and get some kids. So. Um, Coker, thanks for that question, man. That, that definitely yeah, awesome definitely sparked some, sparked some inspiration in me. I gotta gotta try to make some phone calls and make that happen. <laughs> yeah. uh, NCAA, NCAA probably listening, and they'll probably take our idea and not give us any credit. So it's okay. Yeah, that's a good you one. Heard first, you heard it here first. In the pocket. So yeah, no, good. Thank you, man. Yeah. So that's another episode of the pocket in the books. It's been so much fun. We greatly appreciate all of the uh, support fandom interaction it's been really fun growing this and we're looking forward to uh many more years of this with you guys um with that being said we'll be back next week hopefully we get to talk a little bit about some ball that happened i'm sure we will um marquee more more some midweek games rolling in that'll be fun uh and we're just getting closer to that to the peach bowl at the end of the day we're getting closer and that's that's what we care about so that'll be fun as well um, with that being said, make sure you follow us on all our socials, State Media PSU, follow the Mothership Mercury. Um, we do got merch. Uh, our, our peachy, uh, we're feeling peachy line has been killing it. We appreciate that. Um, if you guys want to, uh, you can also make sure you throw out uh, a promo. There's a promo code. For uh, for the good folks here at the pocket, uh, I believe it's the pocket fifteen, maybe um, that gets you a little bit of a discount off of that the the feeling peachy line. Um, I'll make sure that we get our guys to uh, release that. Do you got do you got the the exact definition on that? B or my uh, I did not, but we shall get it to you. Tweet it out. Pay attention to the the ads that we just named and. Yeah, Christmas around the corner. It's a great gift, especially if you're making your way to the bowl game down in Atlanta. So it is, uh, that'd be good. Tap into it for sure. Yeah. So um, make sure you guys hit that up. Continue to look at our merch store. There's going to be more stuff dropping. I, I, I may or may not know about it. And there's some stuff that we are that we are brewing up um, that I think you guys are going to want to look at and uh, potentially invest in because there will be uh, be some cool ties with it. So. Stay tuned, hey, as always. Hey, shout out to your uh, – I just realized this now. You got a Wolverine Logan look right now to you. I don't know what it is, the hair, the goatee. <laughs> I got a Halloween uh, costume. Hey, Halloween, year. Christmas. Yeah, dude, my, I'm woofing right now, dude. My wife's like, you got to go get a haircut. I'm like, yeah, I kind of dig it right now. It's feeling, yeah, feeling, a little, feeling a little flowy, got some good volume. Shoot, have you ever thought of bringing the flow back, the 2000 2000- 13 or 14 flow full flow the 13 flow was was well it was more so the 14 flow the 14 flow was a little too much dude i mean yeah, i was, I was uh, rock yeah. star whatever you want to call it 
Yeah, I should have been I should have been playing a nickelback with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know if we'll ever bring that up. But I definitely want a little more lettuce out the back. You know, a little 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 something there could could be a little pop. Um, it's blowing in a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. There's potential. Yeah. A lot going on here. Put a poll out there. Pocket fans, Penn State fans. Did Hack listen to his lovely wife? Keep his hair short, nice and clean. Or go with the flow. Feel a little free. Go Woods been <laughs> growing out. Yeah. Maybe go mustache. Maybe go mustache straight for, stash. for you guys yeah, did something. straight stash. I remember a few guys did straight stash back in school. Yeah. It was a nasty, was a nasty time, I will admit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Another great episode of The Pocket. Brandon, we appreciate it as always. Um, Make sure you guys do everything I just said, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace.